This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 419, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Long as I remember, the rain's been coming down. Clouds of mystery pouring, confusion on the ground. Goodness through the ages. And I wonder, still I wonder, who stop the rain? Hello, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 419. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and joining me are Josh Flanagan. Hello. And step, stepping in, sitting in, I was going to go with either one, I went with both. For a vacationing Paul Montgomery is Jim Rochkowski, former iFanboy columnist. How are you, Jim? I'm on an elliptical right now. I'm neither standing nor Perfect. sitting. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we are... Man, I haven't been to the gym in so long. We are iFanboy. We like comics. We read a bunch of comics. One of us reads all their comics, picks the best book they read that week. We call that the pick of the week. We talk about that on the podcast along with other books of the week, other topics of interest, all kinds of fun stuff. But it is a review show, so this is your warning and your reminder that uh, there'll be spoilers. So if you haven't read your books, pause the show, come back when the coast is clear, all the bullets have stopped flying, that kind of thing. Josh, I, I want to tell uh, you funny story. Josh, I was convinced I had to pick of the week until you <laughs> until you tweeted it out asking people. I I saw that one. Well, I have it. And I looked up in a, on our little document and went, "Oh no, Josh has it," and I was very happy. <laughs> I, what's funny is that I thought. When I write this, Connor's going to give me shit. Because basically, uh, for those of you not following us, uh, on Wednesday I wrote, hey, real quick question, uh, do I have pick of the week? Because I figured somebody <laughs> out there would tell me. And someone did. They, they knew. Um, and I thought, oh, Connor's going to give me shit for this. But it wasn't. It, it, the holidays, it messed everything up. Who can, yeah, who can say? Uh, also being messed up is the fact that in the middle of you doing that last bit, and I'm, I'm just sitting here looking at the screen, listening to you talk, I thought, oh, I have to talk. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm pulling up the book now. On my digital device, and and uh, well, tell them what the title of the book is. The title of the pick of the week is I hate these titles. BPRD Hell on Earth: The Reign of the Black Flame, Part One of Five. Wow, number or, one. Or uh, yikes! Let's see if it says what it is in the series. It does. One fifteen. One fifteen. Yeah, there you go. One fifteen. I was absolutely gobsmacked to read that BPRD was on issue one hundred and fifteen. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, it basically comes out as forever. regularly as any uh, sort of regular monthly book. It's just they keep renaming it or re- renumbering, although they seem to have stuck with the big number now. Well, what's funny about this is that I, have, I've, I feel like this is one of those books that I haven't been reading for that long, but I've probably been reading it for six or seven years now. Yeah, it's your new Hellblazer. Yeah. Um, and, you could and, do worse. And what happened was I started reading it, uh, at, at that point or whatever, and then after that, I went back and I read like the big omnibus things, and because of that, I've had a real hard time knowing when things happened. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if if the things in my mind happened like ten years ago or it was in a recent issue. I I don't know, but it kind of doesn't matter. Anyway, part of, that, part of that is like Hellboy comes out a sporadically and b out of chronological order. Yeah, but also Hellboy. But Hellboy hasn't been in BPRD for a really long time. I think right. he left the book before I started reading it, so he's not really part of it. He's he's a, he's a presence, right? Um, but it, but it, I don't think that has so much to do with it. But maybe that it's like sort of subliminally part of it. Well, if, we, um, if we can keep talking about the numbering because it's so exciting for a second, it's, <laughs> it's interesting to me that 
you know, for a long time, everyone talked about the Dark Horse model, right? Because Dark Horse would do a series of miniseries for their long-running books. They wouldn't do 115 issues. Right. Um, and that that idea is finally starting to take hold in the sort of quote-unquote mainstream world. Marvel's sure. basically doing that now. Right. Uh, yeah. Although they haven't announced it. They pre- every time a creative team changes, they pretty much change the numbering. I and just that- read the last issue of Fantastic Four this afternoon. Again. And- <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And, but, but it's what's funny is while that's happening, Dark Horse is now flipping... Yeah, to the other side. Because Dark Horse isn't going to grow. They're like, I guess these are the people we have. Yeah. You know, let, let's just put the number on there and stop fooling ourselves. But they keep adding subtitles. Right. So uh, the the point being, I actually fallen off this a little bit because if you have been reading this book, I'm going to guess like a year or two ago, uh, the apocalypse basically happened in this world, and all the monsters started erupting from the earth, and cities are destroyed, and it's a, it's a really interesting status quo, but it's kind of grinding. Uh, because, you know, the BVRD are still around. They've still got their cliffside base in Connecticut somewhere, which doesn't make me think of Connecticut, but whatever. <laughs> there's hills and, and there's some smallish mountains, I suppose. And they're all fighting this fight. And at some point, uh, you know, in the last year, Abe Zapian was put into a coma and then he took off. So he's not on the team anymore. And he was really, if you read those sort of big green books, I think there are uh, three or four of them at this point. Yeah, there's four, um, I think. Is there four? Yeah. I only have two. I need to get the rest. Um, who has time for books? But he's like sort of the main character of the whole thing, and he's not anymore. And then the other thing that happened was that Liz Sherman, never all that stable uh, of a character, lost her shit and and sort of took off. And, and I think she was she was not well. So she wasn't part of it. So basically, like, it, for a while, the BPRD was, was Kate Corrigan and, and Johan, uh, who's who's the man what's made of gas. And then there was a Russian for a little while. And they're dealing basically everything I identify with BPRD was not in BPRD. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But if you've been around long enough... You, you, you know, you, you sort of picked up. There are other characters came along. This Phoenix character, uh, F E N I X. She, she's only died three times. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, you know, and you get to meet a couple of the sort of more regular agents who, who are in there. And, and I'll be honest, I, I kind of lose track of them. I don't remember their names, but I sort of recognize their faces and we meet them. You know, there's this guy with the sword uh, who, who uh, picked up this, you know, sword in a, in a cave or something that was sort of an ancient god's weapon or something like that. It's all pretty bleak, and I actually had missed the last issue, and I read it this Wednesday right before I read the new issue because I was like, oh, I'll make sure I read all of them and I'll catch up. And in that last one, basically Liz Sherman got her shit together. Like she had been in this hospital and she saved the people in it and she starts to get – she lost her powers. That's what happened. She had her – there was a big uh, conflict she had with a, with a bad guy. And now she's got her groove back and she's got her powers back a little bit. And at the very end of the last issue, she – went back to the, the headquarters of the BPRD and, and she's actually doing pretty well. She's, she's, uh, she's got her, her confidence and she's leading the team and she's back out there. And it was like a really nice way of saying, all right, let's be done with this thing and, and get this really good character back in things. And so that was the point where I left off just before I started this issue. And uh, what it is, is and it took a long time to get there, but that's, I think that's fitting of this title for whatever reason. Um, right. They've decided to invade New York which has been cut off for over a year since this monster thing came along. Um, and so it's like a really gross version of DMZ <laughs> uh, because there's monsters and frog people and all that stuff, and nobody's heard anything from anybody in New York since it happened. It's been completely cut off to communications. They can't send boats in. They can't send helicopters over because the monsters always push them back, so they have no idea what's going on there, and they send two small teams in, one from Brooklyn, one from New Jersey. Hey! Yeah, and and they they oh, sort not of full of people from Jersey. Full of, yeah, that'd be better. <laughs> <laughs> well, things things go bad in the tunnel, Connor. <laughs> well. and, and there's a little twist at the end. And that's good, but I'm not going to give that part away. But you know, it was just 
it was it was really fun to watch them. I guess I guess not feel like they were losing for right. the first time in a really because they've been losing for a long time. Now don't get me wrong, this was grim. At one point they go to Prospect Park and there's bodies everywhere because that's where all the people went to kill themselves. Oh, god! And then no, it's actually like there's a bunch of silent pages in the middle and they're trying yeah. to figure out why here and like why did they why did they all come here? And and Yon's like they they didn't want to be alone. So it's like what who, who's, who is the artist who got to depict this so, careful scene? You're you don't step on my shit. Oh, so, oh sorry. I'm reading through. There's, there's no writing to go off anymore. So I'm I am making all of this up. That's that's the great secret. Um, as I'm reading through it, I'm like, this isn't uh, uh, Tyler Crook, who has been the regular artist for the most part. You know, he'll he'll come off and on. Um, he's the guy who did um, what was the the book the book of the month? I just uh, said Petrograd. It. Petrograd, right? Really great great replacement for a uh, previous artist. Well, I can't remember anything. The really amazing Guy it's Davis. Gil Hodges, but it's not him. No, Guy Davis. Guy Davis. Um, and, and I'm reading through this, I'm like, wow, this looks really good. Who is this? And then I, I get to the end and I flip back to the beginning, uh, and it's, it's James Heron, who is one of my absolute favorite up-and-coming artists. I yeah. think James Heron, he doesn't, a lot of people who are on this book, they tend to ape that Guy Davis style. Uh, he doesn't. He does his own thing, but he's he's done a lot of work in this universe. Um, he's a little closer to him and Ryan Otley will often uh, sketch stuff together. Like they do gross monsters and things like that. And he's got a lot of sort of cartoony line work, not like overly rendered line work, but um, and it's just like there is a there's a monster in this at one point where they're looking across the the Hudson at Manhattan from New Jersey, and there's this giant. It just looks like a, a like a gumball machine with teeth, uh, and it's it's like forty stories high, and, and it's just the kind of monster. It, uh, Ryan Otley and um, and James Heron have a, a sketch blog that is updated sometimes, and they just basically draw monsters. And they're fun to draw. Oh God, they're so good at it, uh, and he does he does this huge action so incredibly well. He, I mean, he's literally he's one of my favorite artists, but I tend to forget about him because I only see his work sporadically. Like, but. You know, the the great thing about BBRD is that it's always attracted really great sequential artists and, and guys who can kind of have fun and, and draw monsters and, and, and action and, and, you know, all sorts of stuff moving around. You have to do it really clearly because there's usually a lot of chaos going on. So in this, there's cars piled up everywhere and, and like, you know, the monsters sort of pop out of nowhere. He's got to do those those beats where you're you're surprising the audience who's reading, which is, we've said lots, of, it's not easy on a comic book page to do. Um but it's just, just super impressive. It's just a good, fun package uh, on a week where I read good books, but nothing that really stood out. And I just thought, this is good. I, we haven't talked about BPRD in a while. I haven't really been enjoying it all that much yeah, lately. And that's why I'm happy this was the pick, because you hadn't been enjoying it. Yeah, and yeah, and I, I really did enjoy it. favorite I, books historically. Yeah, I, I just, I think that, I think that it was... It's one of those things... You know when, like, when, uh, when Robin died, you know, uh, Damien died, like, it was like, ugh. We're going to have a month of this now. It was more than a yeah. month. It would have been like six months yeah. of, of eulogies. And and that's what this book has felt like for like a year plus. And and I think they were just like, you know what, let's just – now that Abe's gone, we need something. And they, they brought back Liz. And, and it, she's not moping or worrying about herself. She's taken over uh, and being that sort of really cool, strong character that they spent so long building her up to be. And it, cr- it created a center for the book that I think had been missing. Uh, and then you just – you add in the, 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 you know, the artist who I, who I just love – uh, and it, it really was a great issue. And sort of at the end of it, it was like, yeah, and and I can't wait to read the rest of this arc. Well, she's going to have her shit together until she hears about Robin. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she's, 
barely holding it together. All, all new X-Men 21. We didn't talk about the last issue, so my first comment has a little to do with both. It's that I think one of the smartest ideas Bendis has had lately is that he had uh, young Cyclops, and this is this is the book about the tra- time-traveled young team. Young Cyclops kind of fall for the clone of Wolverine, which is weird and creepy because, you know, old Cyclops hates Wolverine so damn much. So the idea Does that young Cyclops... He? And and X twenty three fall sort of fall or he's falling for her anyway. I thought it was a little delicious little ch- twist in this whole thing. We <laughs> pretty delicious, delicious. <laughs> mm. Tales of ribaldry. Well, I grew in those little mustaches, so I have to say delicious. Also. I I thought I've I've been in, see Jim. This is a new bold era. I don't believe you've been on the show since we've all been reading all X Men books. <laughs> no, but I you have even, not. You even know used, what to do with yourself. I, I'm usually a contrarian. Be, I don't know what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, that's definitely true. And you and you were in luck this week because every book with an X in it came out at the same goddamn time. Yeah, I actually only read all new X Men. So because uh, uh, <laughs> Uncanny was great. But yeah, uh, yeah, it was. That's not really good. Um, I love yeah. this. The fact that this is a flashback to X Men: God Love Man Kills, and they got the uh, original artist Brent Anderson to do the little that flashback sequence was wonderful. Was is that that, su- that surprise blew my brain out the back of my I thought thirty-five year old skull. Yeah. I thought that was just Brandon Peterson doing a different style. No, 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 it's Brent Anderson. Oh, I like, if you look at the front. I like that. I like that first part the best. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Brent Anderson with James Campbell on flashback art, and it, that was he was the original artist. I don't know if James Campbell was the original ink or not, but because the style looks not like Astro City, but it looks like God Loves Man Kills. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought they. Oh. I thought they were just aping a style from the time. I don't think I realized that. Now, is that story? I've never read that. Is that story based on religious extremists? Yes. Yeah, okay. the, the Reverend Stryker. That yeah, that whole thing is based on religious extremism. That's also the one where, if I'm not mistaken, Kitty gets to drop the N word for the first and only time in Marvel Comics history. Under, under what context? Somebody is being is using racial slurs about mutants, and she was like, "Oh yeah, you. What if I called you?" And then everyone cringes. That's Claremont. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. Duh. Um, (laughs) But this book continues to be great. The awful uniforms aside, there was a couple times where I couldn't tell who I was looking at because of the stupid uniforms, but... That's a good point. It was the uniforms' fault. I was like, there were a couple of times when I was like, who is this? But I didn't think to blame it on the design. They have the color differences, but because the whole thing takes place in this, like, pipe basement, the colors are all washed out even more, so you can't see the difference between... But, the, the, but for me, it was, yeah. I, th- I think they put X-23 in a similar uniform, so I didn't know if it was her or Jean I was looking at. And, right. Yeah. For me, it took me a while to realize they had duct-taped Scott's glasses to his face. Right. I was like, what am I – what is that? <laughs> Thank goodness for smart panel view. On the yeah. By the uh, way, if you sweat, then that doesn't work. That's right. Well, I like that they're tying in the events of Avengers Arena into this without yeah, hitting, now, you, hitting you over the head with it. Now, has that – I feel like I missed something because that the thing about it being broadcast all over the world, did we know that? Had I heard that not, anywhere? I think, not, I think it was in the very end. It wasn't the very last issue of Avengers. Arena. I remember him like sort of alluding to it or saying it, but he not had, especially. He had, he had uploaded it to YouTube or whatever they call it on the Marvel Universe. Right. You know, QTube or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was broadcast live. That's one of those uh, no prize situations. But yeah. either way, everyone apparently saw it. That was the implication of the last page of Avengers Arena. Was that everybody was going to watch it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. If it, I don't know if it was so explicit, but yeah, I, I'd have to reread. Josh, it was in between the lines. You had to use your brain. I, I can't believe they didn't do an issue of like like arena <laughs> media aftermath. Right, frontline. Yeah, Avengers arena. Exactly. Uh, 
No, um, thank you. But this book continues to be really fun, and I really like these characters. I like that they are still here. I loved. It wasn't this issue, was it? Or was it the other one where they have the argument over um, the implication of killing these kids? Was that the last? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was at the beginning of this one. Yeah, yeah the, that was the, fantastic. The purifiers were like, "Wait a minute! I didn't. <laughs> what if I'm not born?" Because I shoot this dude. Yeah. I think you can tell Bettis is having a lot of fun writing these characters in this book. He is. And it's interesting. Do you think, and I know that this is sort of based on a thing that was done before, do you think in today's political climate, is it a specific, I, I feel like it's a pretty bold choice to just make the the Bible thumpers the, the full-on bad guys. Well, if you're going to go ahead and quote the actual Bible, that this, certainly... This is what I'm getting at. Much. Yeah. That, I was like, he's, not, he's not making that up. It's this the legacy, Quentin Tarantino. It's, it's, the, I mean, it's the legacy of this particular character. If you, I mean, again, sure. if you go back to the flashback, yeah. that's what... You know, it was the whole idea of the... They were trying to drive out the mutants because they were unnatural and everything. But it's not hard to draw a line. Sure. Between right. no, real no, events. No. And I feel like... The people who are quoting the Bible as we speak. Yeah, I feel like... Yeah. Which is fine. I'm I'm happy with it. Which I I just find kind of bold for a, what is basically Disney at this point, because they're they're calling out, you know, and I I I can't help but think this is a little more charged and polarized today than it was even then. So, oh yeah, definitely. Like if you look at what happened when Ed Brucker Ed bleh, Ed Brubaker just alluded or Ed to, Brucker to, as we yeah as Ed, Ed Brucker as you know, around Brucher. here yeah. Yeah, <laughs> when he just alluded to the Tea Party with a couple of picket signs and an issue. This is of what I'm getting America. at. Yeah, to the things have ramped up politically like tenfold since then. So for Bendis to be like, this is explicitly what I'm talking about is well, it's a just little, it's a little easier when it's a when it's a not a specific real world group and it's a group called the Purifiers yeah. and they don't are right. not real and it's you can, you can <laughs> they're all dressed like they're in Halo and, right so yeah. it's a little easier yeah. to draw that distinction between that. But. Do you know how you guys hate gay people? <laughs> it's like that now, Jim. Um, yeah, you being on means we get to talk about books we don't normally talk about. One of which being Superior Spider-Man twenty five. The minute about you the asked me, the minute you asked me to join you this week, I wrote on a piece of paper, "Spider Man, it's up to you." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> now, are we, now, uh, now, are, now, are we talking about it because it was good, or because you get a chance to talk it, about it? It was good. It is good in the way that it has been good for a good long time. Have you been consistently happy? Is this the longest run of stuff that you've been happy with for a long time? I have. If if you look through the iFanboy archives. I have been consistently happy with Spider-Man throughout ever since Brand New Day. When they undid his marriage, I was the one who wrote the article about how delighted I was and how everyone who was angry could suck me off. And this <laughs> and this is no different. If you, uh, for those of you who want to follow along at home, just go to the iFanboy server and type in Inferior Spider-Fan. I am a big uh, booster of Dan Slott and what he's been doing lately by putting Doc Ock in Peter Parker's body, partially because it is so outside the norm, and he's filled it with, like, every time you think he's going to get caught, he weasels out of it, and every time you think he's weaseled out of it, people are on to him, and on and on. It's just, it's, it has been delicious. Has it really uh, only been two years of this? It feels like it's been so I, much well, You know, I was, I was That's thinking this a long this time. When we were That's... talking about BPRD, I was thinking about this. Like when I was a kid, you knew by the issue number how many months something had been happening. Like BPRD would be almost ten years old, judging from the fact that it's on one fifteen. But in this day and age, you really can't tell because sometimes it goes months without publishing. Other times it does sixteen issues a year or whatever. So, yeah, I have no idea. But it has. I guess it's been roughly 
two years since since that happened, and people that's, are still freaking out. Yeah, that, I, I mean, that's like that's as long as Captain America was dead. Yeah, you know that's, that that's makes amazing, it kind of impressive. It, we heard that. coming back in a few months. Um, so they, they <laughs> yes, we already I guess know two that. years is the moratorium on deaths now so where are we at the story at this point jim what's happening uh where we are at the story in this point is uh doc ock has in this issue taken the venom symbiote from flash thompson and has become the superior venom and all of his base impulses are being uh fed into by the symbiote so he decides it's finally time to murder all the avengers and take over new york city or what have you and then there's a, a big catastrophic fight. And then when they defeat him, he sees it as an opportunity to say, oh, this is my chance to explain why I've been a dick all this time. And they don't understand why I'm acting different than Peter. And so he goes, oh, thank God you saved me, Avengers. I had symbiote particles in my brain this whole time since the last time I faced Venom and you saved me and all this. And so you keep thinking, oh, he's weaseled out of it. Oh, he's going to be the same. And then they cut to the Avengers headquarters and they're like, no, he's not fooling anybody. He's full of shit. It's time for us to come. It's time for us to come take him in. And then, meanwhile, there's this whole war between the Green Goblin and the Hobgoblin and all his acolytes, and it's all sort of coming to a head. Oh, and the most important part for people who stopped reading it and started sending angry letters every three weeks to Dan Slott in the interim, uh, Peter Parker has been buried either in the symbiote or in the brain of his old body this whole time, and has finally reasserted himself, and so, so now he's starting to think about ways to kick Doc Ock out. So we, we've reached the final cor- corner of this race and we're, we're heading towards the Yes, uh, we are. Yes, we are headed line. towards the finish line. Absolutely. So, so people who stopped reading it and then wrote a letter every month uh, 25 issues ago. Come back in. Exactly. Now is the time. Does Dr. Octopus then, because I haven't really been following along. I've, I've read some of the team-up issues and things like that. Uh, when this is over, this is really more of a prediction thing. When this is over, is he gonna is he gonna go back to being a bad guy, or is he gonna be a <laughs> to new kind a of character? Cutted, dumpy. Well, his body yeah, his body's gone, right? Yeah. His body's dead. His body is long dead. I have no idea what happens. Like, to him. well, okay. So when he comes back two years after they when say they he's come dead. back and hit the <laughs> cosmic wacky button to bring the body back, and the- I, guess, I mean, I guess that that makes him bad. Seems, it seems to me that Doctor Octopus died before the last time I stopped reading comics in like 1991. Mm-hmm. I think he comes back uh, as a villain because you've done this story. He's going to be mad. He's got kicked out of the body. Yeah, but then you have the story available of, of you know, he tries to. He's going to try to make it things right under his own name. And, sure. You know, I, yeah, see, I, I see it as a, as a reason you guys, why you're, you turn bad again. You know, he's been, you know, he's no longer the hero. He's sort of embarrassed. What is the sort of impetus to most villainy? It's you know, in, inadequacy, jealousy of the hero, that kind of thing. It doesn't, yeah, I guess it doesn't take much. I forget you guys are not regular readers of this. Like, his Otto's journey, and I can't believe those (laughs) were, but uh, his his journey has been like, he's been in Peter's body, and then he spent a while going, oh my God, Peter Parker is a moron. How do you not, like, so he decides he's going to be a better Peter than Peter ever was. But in the midst of it, he finds like, wow, this is actually kind of cool. Right, no, and I, I made it that far, and I've read that kind of stuff, but it's at all ego-based, or is he... A lot he, of it is ego-based, but he's also formed relationships, like he started a, uh, an affair with his fellow grad student, and he's... There's going to be a lot of awkward conversations in a few months, Yeah, all the shakes out. And also, he knows Peter's identity now. That, that he does. He so has to die. Gonna, he's going to have to die. That's back in a few one weeks. continuity hiccup I forgot about until this this fight with Venom. 
uh, which is like, doesn't the symbiote remember all of this? Like, why does Flash Thompson not know what's going on? I, you know, but anyway, does Flash that's, Thompson not know. He does not know. Flash Thompson has never known Spider-Man's identity, except I guess during that Civil War hiccup. When everybody knew, yeah, yeah. But uh, He's been busy yeah, driving I, around in a van having cool adventures. Flash. We're going to talk <laughs> yeah, about no, that yeah, later. Right. We are right. Good. Yes, we should. So now, what is this next book, Jim? <laughs> I didn't. Welcome to Jim Corner. <laughs> Everyone settled. Uh, the Illegitimates is a book by written Number by two. Mark Andreco and Taryn Killam. This is issue two uh, from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, this is issue two. Oh right, Taryn Killam's book. Right from yeah, he's he's a Saturday Night Live cast guy. Uh, the premise of this one. Who's publishing case, this? I want to say IDW, but don't quote me. It might be Boom. It's one of those guys. All Maybe right. only. I don't, anyway. Uh, Comicsology is publishing it, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, the see when you don't work here anymore, IDW, <laughs> you don't have to worry about shit like that. But uh, yeah, uh, the the premise of it is basically that while James Bond was on all of those adventures, screwing all of those femme fatales, a lot of those femme fatales got knocked up, That's and. So as a result, there are a lot of illegitimate uh, James Bond babies running around, and the CIA and MI5 have been grooming them since birth surreptitiously for the day when James Bond is killed in action, which eventually happens. And so they now have all these 20-something offspring of this super secret agent that they must pull in from the cold and cultivate to tackle his greatest foe, the people who killed him. And that's the premise in a nutshell, and it's pretty great. Like, one of them is a professional uh, MMA fighter. One of them is a secretary who works in the office, like, like Money Penny. One of them is uh, a revolutionary. One of them is a super gearhead who's drifting in Tokyo, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's, uh, it's a fun series. It's pretty clever. I, uh, for some reason, when I read that the bad guys in this situation were a nefarious, sinister concrete company, I laughed until I thought I would it was like they are the ones who concreted in Chernobyl they gave the concrete that built the Berlin Wall and I was like oh funny ideas are still possible in a world where everything has been written already so is this, any- this is a, a mini or is this ongoing I think it's an ongoing but uh, at least uh, every time I always get this wrong I think yeah. it's an ongoing but yeah yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty clever so far they, the kids just found out who they are in this issue. They're not inclined to believe it, but then when 90% of them ignore the uh, request to join the team and return home, they find out their moms have been kidnapped by the bad guy, and so they dive right back in, and what happens next, uh, who knows? But yeah, so far it's been it's been clever and inventive and pretty great. So it's no, like Vel- five. It's, it's no Velvet, but I love it. Yeah, I never did read Dynamo 5, but you're right. I, I, from what I remember... That's an interesting concept, though. You figure if James Bond at least wasn't impotent, there would have been at least a couple of things <laughs> right. running around. I, I assume that he just got... Not impotent, but uh, sterile is what I meant. And for, and for what it's worth, a lot of the ladies that he boned down with were pretty badass in their own right. Right. To use the clinical term. Xena on a top. Oh, right. Superman, Wonder Woman number four, and this was... I liked this a lot for a couple of reasons. One, I really liked the art. I don't want to say backup because it's sort of like half the issue was two, two stories in this issue. I liked the art a lot. I also liked the – actually, the backup was my favorite part. It was the uh, sort of fallout of the world finding out, which was the cliffhanger in the last issue was that the world had found out that uh, Superman and Wonder Woman were dating via Clark's own dumbly named website. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say Clark Catropolis. Right. 
And this, the first part of this issue was a fight with Zod, which I thought was actually kind of fun and inventive in the way that Zod tricked Clark. And, and uh, I like that. I liked it a lot. Yes. How many people were killed? No, uh, well, in this, uh, none so far, but the fight's only just begun. Oh. Fingers um, crossed. But, uh, yeah, no, I like the idea that it wasn't actually, you know, cells that he thought he was keeping these things in, but shipping containers. Um, and so Zod just opened it, which was, which was cool. Uh, but I liked the second part a lot. I liked the idea of... Because he didn't change the default password. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was one, two, three, four, five. Or it was password. It was one of those two. It's, it's weird because I have the same on my... Anyway. <laughs> my, my bank password is password. So, but uh, I liked the hero's reaction. I liked all this. I mean, if you're going to do this relationship, then really do it and explore why it's kind of scary to everyone else. Um, you know, what if they have a kid? What if she dump, dumps him, breaks his heart, and he gets mad? Like, you know, there's all kinds of things to worry about. Well, what's funny is that this doesn't have to focus on the adventures and the fighting so much. I mean, they're yeah. putting a little bit in, but really is... It's a it's drama. Like, it's a romance. It, yeah, it, it's like spending time with these characters. Like, what does Wonder Woman do when she's frustrated? Oh, she goes to her friend's gym and they fight. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, and, and as far as the characters say, we don't get to see this very much. And I know in the beginning, I think we had Mike Romo on for the first issue, yeah. and he was he was apoplectic. I, I, it's, it's gotten... It's getting... Pretty good. No, it's, I think it's it's, it's the best Tony Daniel work yeah. I've seen in my life. Uh, you know, it's like it's working differently. I really liked. I don't who was the backup artist or the you know the second half artist. The second uh, half artist. Bat. Is not Bat. Bat's an inker. Oh. Um, I'm getting there. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. It looks like it's a uh, Who is it? it doesn't uh, say in the front. It doesn't. Oh, it's uh, it's uh, Apollo. It's not going to work here anymore. But he's not in the title page. Oh, because he would this, be in the second title. Yeah, page. no, he's not. Uh, he's the beginning of the second. Foiled pa- again pa- by pa- the internet. Paulo Paulo Sequeira. Yeah. No, I thought he was really good. And yeah. you know, I like the idea that this throws Lex Luthor's plans in a complete disarray, and he's got to he's got to basically check out and start calculating again. And I, th- I mean, everything about this was interesting. Yeah. Um, um, I didn't really love the first th- issue either, but this has really grown me very quickly. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of thought going into it, and and uh, regardless of the fact of whether you like or don't like the idea of, of Superman and Wonder Woman together, I mean, listen, this was this was very likely a, a thing that was handed down, and they say, you know, they said to Charles Soule, "What can you do with this?" And he's like, "All right, I'll do this." And it feels like he's gotten a he's getting a, he's doing a thoughtful story about that. If this was the reality, which it is, right? I don't think you can fault that. He also is doing a good Superman story. I mean, the first part is not a Superman Wonder Woman story. Basically, it's Superman's Zod fight, and it was really good. Yeah. So if you're if you're a Superman fan, uh, you know, I thought it was a great sequence. Word. Word. iFanboy.com slash Amazon is where you can go for your Amazon purchases, whether that's groceries or George Foreman grills or flying drones. Can you buy those? Can yeah, you buy you can- a flying drone and have a flying drone deliver that flying drone? You could. You could buy one of those helicopter things to which you could attach something like a, one of those action cameras. All right. Cool. You could take. Uh, you Go, could have your GoPros. own crank shots. Yeah, yeah, GoPros. I have a Sony action cam, but Did whatever. Did you notice the, uh, the drone shot on the first episode of Comedians in Cars Drinking Coffee, the latest one? I did. And I immediately was like, oh, they got one of those things. About $500. <laughs> to, oh, yeah. You saw I, that. I was going to say I'll have to look for it, but yeah. yeah, I did. It's amazing that they can do that now for like no money. Well, it used to be whenever you see a helicopter shot and something like, oh, they spent some cash on this, and now it's all changed. Yep. So go, if you're making a purchase on Amazon, go to fm.com slash Amazon, use that link to go to Amazon. We get a little piece of the profits from them. Oldest man thing I've said today, by the way. And, uh, now it's all changed. <laughs> I remember when this was all cornfields. Help the show out if you can. Also, fm.com slash registration is where you can become a member at $3 a month or $30 a year. 
helps us directly, helps us uh, keep the lights on, pay for the equipment, do all kinds of stuff, and we thank you for it. Now let's talk about what we mentioned before, Thunderbolts number 20 dot now. I am so excited to hear about this. The uh, road trip continues. Have you been reading Thunderbolts? No, but since I left you all, I have subscribed to Marvel Unlimited, the app, which is fucking amazing. And uh, part of that is you, you basically, for those of you who are not have never heard of this before, you pay 6 or $7 a month and get every issue as it comes out six months later. And so I just got to the first issue of Thunderbolts that Daniel Way did not write. Mm-hmm. And, but I haven't read it yet. And so I'm waiting to hear from you guys whether this is a worthy endeavor or not, basically. Well, uh, we've, uh, well, we've talked about it. Clearly someone hasn't been listening yes. to the show because no, we've no, talked no, about no. all well, the uh, issues. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Well, yes, if, you, if you're just listening to them six months later, that's fair. That's fine, too. <laughs> right. We take that. I, I'm not that far hard. behind. I mean, Josh and Paul really talked this up. It got me on board. I went back and I got all the back issues and read them in a, in a row. And I've been yeah. on it for the last couple of issues. This is this has been a great series. And this issue, they find a new base. They've got they they find an old decommissioned Thunderbolt Ross base, and they go down there to to plan their next mission. Which is, you know, each each member of the team gets their own special mission. And this issue, they decide they need to help. They need Ghost Riders help because it involves uh, spells and sending somebody to hell, and it anyway. blows up in their face. And I think that uh, the thing that we're seeing uh, about about uh, the soul's work is that, and it is on several series now, is that it he starts wrote the off exact last book that we just talked about. Oh yeah, and well, it, this the, this is one of those things that happens in comics when certain writers who write a lot of books. And by the way, he has seven ongoing books right. and a law practice. Oh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, with all of the books that we've talked about, he starts off and the beginning is pretty good. Yeah. And then they've all gotten consistently better. Well, he's improving. You can see it. Yeah, I mean, he, absolutely. I, I've liked his stuff for a while, but I, he's getting much better, which is good because yeah. he's already started off as, good, as a good writer. Yeah, and he's, he's seven ongoings <laughs> and a law practice. Is it I managed because... to I managed to both order breakfast and get to work only he's fifteen a... minutes late today. He's an impressive guy, is <laughs> yeah. what I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> but if you're a Ghost Rider fan, this in this issue, Danny Ketch sort of I don't know if he's going to join the team permanently or what, but he's here to help, and he's got to, They're going to finally rid themselves of this mercy problem by sending her to hell, but it, it doesn't go the way you think it goes because they're Thunderbolts. Mercy? Yeah. Was it Mercy, Josh? Yeah, yeah, yeah Mercy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mercy. She, she's basically she killed. Basic, what I'm asking is that sounds like the name of a Peter David Hulk villain from like 1988. And You're on your own there. Could be. Okay. <laughs> we'll say Might yes. Be good enough. That would the, make sense because the it's leaders Hulk. in it and the Hulk, yeah. Red Hulk. Red leader. So could be Red leader. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Red, red, red <laughs> snot. Red snot face. Blood. Ghosted. Ghosted number six. Um, I actually, for some reason, I thought that Ghosted was a, a miniseries. Foolish me. How wrong uh, from, you were. From Josh Williamson in Skybound Entertainment. Um, the previous artist has been uh, substituted with another artist for this arc. And the, the new artist is, you may remember, David Gianfelice, which who I believe, I believe did some scalped issues. David with an E at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember him. Yeah, yeah. And, and a couple of other things in there. Um, I, I like this art a lot more. Uh, the other artist wasn't bad. I can't remember his name for the life of me, but it's okay. But uh, I really like the art on this. And basically, it's a heist movie with a, with a haunted house ghost uh, possession component. And they've, they've found a reason for another caper that also has to do with... I don't know how long they can keep this up, but if you liked it, um, it's sort of a, a ghost caper of the... Well, every six weeks or six months. Um, 
Is it that's all good to know? I, one, one, one shot issues. No, no. The first one's a five issue mini, and then this is this is the start of the next. You know, like you wronged us, and now you have to work for us. But there's a there's a ghost involved, and there's a, there's a nice twist at the end with it. Um, I sort of fell off on this. I'm glad to hear that it's picking up steam. Yeah, no, you know, it's one of those things. Like a lot of times with the miniseries, you can get into it a little bit. But he had a ton of plot to get through last time, um, and it was pretty good. It, it wasn't the most amazing thing, but you know, now that he's going to know the characters better and get better at it, it, there's a really good chance that it'll it'll uh, sort of keep keep getting good. But I recommend if if you liked it or you fell off, like it's going to keep going, and, and and you know, check this out. If it sounds like your thing. I know that you guys, uh, some of you read Nova because I totally still listen to this show. Paul does. Uh, yeah, well, okay. Well, fine. But I like this issue particular and the last one a lot because it's uh, Jerry Duggan, the guy from Deadpool who I have not heard of previously. Really? Has, has, I had not heard of him before. Deadpool. Sorry, he no. didn't do a lot of comic work previous to No, I, I know. I know. But he, he, yeah, he's taken over uh, this issue or this, this series and he's done a great job. And I like the fact that Nova, he, he depicts a Nova who kind of gets, he's a kid, he gets easily manipulated, he gets tricked, things are not what he thinks they are, he thinks he's doing good, he's not necessarily. Uh, basically, last issue, he started seeing spots, and he came to find out that they were dots on a map. And when he started following the map to those dots, he realized they each dot represented the helmet of a dead Nova, uh, because he's one of the last ones left. So as he's going around trying to collect these Nova helmets, he is trying to help the people he finds and not all of them are representing themselves accurately and he's sort of helping the wrong people. And I th- I think it's kind of nice the way that they show he's, that without explicitly laying it out, he's inexperienced, but he's not always doing the right thing even when he thinks he is. And he comes home thinking he had the best day ever when in fact he helped slave ships and things like that so so yeah i this is these things happen yeah yeah he's he's like 15 you know who among us didn't make bad choices at 15 yeah exactly so yeah he's he's great it's a it's a good book boring but i mean that's that's my own thing (laughs) right velvet three i don't want to say too much because we talked about the first two issues but the more i read this and more delve into this world these characters are more i like it and I already it's, liked it it's quite a really bit. very good. Yeah, it's a very good book, uh, and and an interesting counterpoint to the illegitimates. For those of you who've been following along at home, uh, uh, you know, sort of same playground, different uh, game. Yeah, <laughs> Foursquare versus merry-go-round. I like the um, fact that it's a you know older protagonist. It's not you know young sexy protagonist. She's in her forties, which is not you can that tell old. from the streak in her hair. Um, I like the little little touches of identifying people with circles around them. You know, so you knew sort of in her mind what she's doing. She's targeting these people with their information under them, which was which was like a cool visual representation. And the story in this one was pretty hardcore. I was even caught by the twist that happened. Didn't, didn't expect that particular outcome, but it's sort of a return to Queen of Country esque kind of thing. Yeah. I keep so. thinking that this is Rucka. this is Rucka, but it isn't. Yeah, it's it's the the. I mean, it's 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 interesting how similar Rubaker and Rucka's sensibilities are. Well, they, I I think, guess. did they did they do Gotham Central together? together. Yeah. Yeah. Central together. Yeah. They wrote Batman at the same time, and they've always had a sort of very similar aesthetic, at least in these kind of stories or the superhero stories or whatever. But I can remember right. reading Gotham Central, not being able to tell which one was which. Right, and, which is impressive, uh, yeah. and I think that they switch back and forth, and it was very. Very seamless. You can kind of tell now, like as I read through the books a couple of years ago, 
they both have sort of interest, different interests in, in sort of how they structure something, I guess it's a little bit, but the tone is, is pretty similar. Um, I, uh, for me, the, the story here is kind of that this is, I don't, I don't want to say this is the work of Epting's career, because the Captain America work was the work of Epting's career, but this is really good. And it's, it's a stripped-down version of even what he was doing right. in Captain America, but it's got such a style to it with these, these circular inset panels and, and just the way that he's, he's given this book a... I love the storytelling. I love the action and the movement of it. Uh, he's gotten... It's, just, it's very good. It all sort of works. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at this... Just a, a simple uh, panel here of, of the agents searching the apartment, you know, as they're going through her place. It's just putting so much information and so much stuff in just in that panel. And, and it, uh, it's very good. Now, if, if you recall, Josh, and, and listeners everywhere, Justice League 3000 number two came out. And when we talked about the first one, Paul and I didn't quite know what to make of it. We didn't know if we liked it or didn't like it or what. And I still don't know for sure, but I think it's really interesting so far it's if you don't know it's the story of many thousands of years in the future the clones of the justice league have been unleashed onto the world to save the day so they are physically the justice league but they don't they you know you know what is the what is a clone it's not the same exact person they don't have the experience so they they aren't quite themselves and they don't quite have all the power so like for instance superman he has the memories of the old Superman. He remembers that he could fly, but he can't actually fly, so he keeps trying to fly as an, as an instinct, and he keeps falling off of things, which is funny. It's good, and I like the idea of, what, you know, what is a clone, and what, what does that mean, and, and these are your heroes you know, but not really. And I like that, that, that last for what For what it's worth, I've never heard one word about this series until you talked about it just now, and to me, it sounds like the most interesting DC series I've heard about in a long, long time. Well, it's Giffen and Matias writing it, and it's uh, Howard Porter. Oh, my God. Howard, are you kidding me? Howard Porter drawing it. and uh, <laughs> You've just converted one person so, um, <laughs> right here now. And if you, if you don't like Superman, like you, I know you don't, Jim, you'll enjoy it because Superman is like the big dick jock on campus character. That's who he – because he sees himself Superman as – Superman is the worst. He sees himself no, as I, an I, alpha I male character – as an yeah. alpha male, so he acts like it and uh, – this this sounds this sounds great to me. I don't quite understand the whole world and or what they are supposed to be doing, but I like the interplay of the characters and all that stuff. So listen, I don't know what you got going on, but I like it, kid. It's got Moxie. It's got Moxie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Justice League three thousand so far, so still on it. Um, it would have been really interesting to see if Kevin what Kevin McGuire would have done with it as the original artist who was not drawing the book, but I like it. It's good. So those are the books of the week. It was a good week, I thought. I, I just wish yeah. you, would, you would stop trying to justify the book. You like the book. Just like the book. I like it. <laughs> I love it. I'm on board for a little while. Anyway. Uh, it's all right. Let's answer some audience questions. Uh, we've got some email here. The first is from Wes from Newport, Minnesota. And Wes says, I was wondering what your first quote-unquote mature comic was. By this I mean what comic made you realize that comic books could be about something other than superheroes and could have a level of complexity to them. For example, Preacher was the first comic that made me realize that comics could deal with real ideas of faith, family, brotherhood, selfishness, obsession, honor, and sacrifice. Also vampires. That too. And meat puppets. So what was your guy's first mature comic that I, made you I was thinking about this, more? and I think there are two issues. I think there are two things here. I think we're all going to have one answer that's the same, and then another answer that's different. Uh-oh. Um, well, we're all about the same age. Well, grew up reading Speak for comics. Yourself, old man. Yeah, go to hell. He's older than me. Um, I'm not older than you. I'm th- no, I, I meant I'm, I'm Jimmy's. No, everybody knows. Seven you know, months man. younger than you. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I assume that the Dark Knight Returns would have been about the first book that you would have read and gone, oh, maybe Connor, you had no, no rules. No, because I'll say, I'm going to say no to that. I didn't realize that until I was older. What I was really, reading. I didn't realize what I was reading because as a kid, well, no, right, absolutely, that's true. But like at the time, you don't kind of know that. It stuff didn't make anyway. me realize. Oh, this is something. To, I mean, it, for me, it's just a really awesome Batman story when I was ten right. years old reading it. I didn't realize the moral complexity going on until much. I was the Nazi really boobs didn't t- didn't. I was ten years old. How just... funny that you would mention the Nazi boobs. Uh-huh. Because that that is exactly the moment where I was like, oh shit! Because like I was eleven or twelve, and you looked I looked over your shoulder and went, uh oh. Well, see, I had a friend who had issues one and two. This is before the trades were even like, or or collections were even a thing because it was just out there. So I had a friend who had one and two, and I had read them at his house. And then when I was on vacation that summer, I had my mom and dad. Because vacation that summer was so boring, stop at a comic book store and le- and they bought me issue three. And when I opened it and I saw the Nazi boobs, I was like, no one in this car realizes what it is I'm reading. I'm a grown man now. Uh, and, <laughs> and like, but the, and and to this day, I sometimes think uh, now that I have kids, I'm like, nobody ever asked me what I was reading. But uh, <laughs> so, but like, Take yeah, that Take yeah, that was that was that was the big one uh, superhero category for me. Followed closely by the Watchmen trade that I bought at Walden Books like a year later. But I think I got Watchmen sometime around there too. But it, like Connor said, like at the time, I didn't. I didn't appreciate what it was that I was reading. No, and it's funny because it, it's true. Like it felt like it was a little dirty, but it wasn't like it taught me anything because it was all pretty political, subversive stuff that right, I would have had no context. Get, yeah, I mean, I got those yeah, Reagan, year, and I years, was a kid, so Reagan was the president, so I knew that. Right. But I didn't really. Now, years later, it, yeah. years later, when I read the dialogue between Robin's parents a second time, I was like, "Oh, Frank Miller is an arch conservative. I can't wait to see how this plays out." He didn't know it then, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah. Now, uh, I would come back to the other – I'd say what happened to me is I stopped reading comics and I came back for a little bit and I started reading superhero comics mostly provided by Connor and, 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 his, and his band of merry comics friends yeah. uh, in college. But it wasn't until I sort of started going to the store and, and picking up my own stuff that I actually was like – that's when I discovered like Vertigo. And I was like, oh, oh these, are, these are comics that are actually made for adults. And uh, my first one was uh, – it was um, – I think it was Hellblazer 150, which was Brian Azzarello, uh, Richard prison? Corbin, yeah, uh, in prison, yeah, um, and that was I didn't even know that that was a thing, and I was probably I was 22 at the time, really. I, I don't know why I didn't. I was I remember I remember before that a friend of mine was reading Preacher, and I thought you were a little younger than that because you made me buy the trade around that time from Jim Hamer's Universe. I remember that. Um, I would have been it would have been the first year I was in Los Angeles. It was after college. Interesting. Um, and because I remember, but Tom had read Preacher all through college, and he read Sandman, and I didn't read them, and I didn't. Tr- my friend, our friend Tom. Tom is uh, Yeah. Uh, no. We, we can talk about Tom. Let's talk about yeah. how he needs <laughs> to manscape. Um, for for me, let's let's not do that he, at all. For me, uh, assuming we're not talking about like uh, cherry pop tart. No, I mean not not roommate, you, which my friend had down in the second floor of our building when I was a kid. Uh, do I know this friend? No, I'm not. No, you okay. never met him. Okay. Uh, uh, Sin City when I was in high school. Yeah. Was oh, the that's one good one. That made me realize though this is. That actually... was out when you were in high school. Ninety-two. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. My my chronology is all wrong. Yeah, I guess. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, ninety-two. I was in high school, so that's when it really. I know that. 
That's when I, I can really, just go ninety-two. Uh, like it's like people who know sports stats really understood <laughs> what was going. Like ooh, there's more going on here in comics than just. And that's you know, and it wouldn't be till I read Red Batman post that that I really got was you know Dark Knight Turns. I really got what was going on. So that was really the gateway into adults comics. See, I didn't leave superheroes on like knowingly until years like like Josh. I stopped. Well, maybe not like Josh. I stopped reading comics proper for a decade. Uh, but while I was in com- w- college, at some point, I read about comics, and in the course of that, like my junior year, I bought Mouse uh, in the in the hardcover, and then that same year, I read Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud in the library, and I think that part of that was that laid the groundwork for me going, oh, I wonder what has happened since I stopped, and what. Which- it's yeah. funny, but you still stayed pretty. You've been pretty stalwart with this Marvel. Well, like I, I, well, to, I never really left comics so much as they left me because the '90s were what they were, and like, I, I would poke a toe in every once in a while. Like somebody turned me on to Marvels in '94 or whatever it was, and like, I was dimly aware of the Clone Saga and stuff. But like, I didn't, I didn't buy real comic books proper other than star trek versus x-men which is a modern day classic for many years but yeah i did i did buy mouse and i like i wanted to be a comic book guy but i I didn't know the indie stuff was out there until sort of in retrospect i guess yeah i what's funny is that as soon as i say hellblazer now that led to Maybe the best year or two of comic reading in my life. Yeah, no, you had Powers and you had Transformers. Powers, had Trans- yeah, Planetary, Lucifer. I started yeah. reading. You went back and, and uh, you know uh, read that other Bendis stuff, and then and then you know he came out with the Marvel stuff like the the Alias and, and yeah. like that was a great that two, that was when I fanboy spawned. Out of yeah, oh, yeah, totally. And, and and Warren Ellis is doing the Authority and. And when when Mark Miller's name was something that I I didn't dread. Right, he wasn't talking about rape as like it was a joke. Yeah, like I have yeah. since come to believe that that is all not as horrible as it seems because he's trying to make a point, even though it's crassly done. I can give I can, him that much credit. I can get that. You can uh, maybe you want to save that for a talk explode or something. But like, yeah, I'm alias, not reading it again. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> alias was the thing that seized me by the heart and brought me to your shores, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, and but- and even even at that time, like I, like there was like Chris Ware and David Boring, and 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 I read uh, Pedro and Me that, that that during that period, and I read Mouse for the first time during that yeah. period, and and uh, there was so much. That it was, was the, the first best, time the best year I think Ugh. for us, for you and me, Ron, for that, our whole group, like reading yeah. comics because everything was new and exciting. That was the first time we were all remember, and we, we all had read. Sleeper other was things. coming I out. I read a lot of. Dark Horse and stuff in high school, a lot of stuff like Grendel, things that weren't on the beaten path. But that was when we really sort of opened up the floodgates on stuff that wasn't normal. And as quote-unquote normal being like Batman, Spider-Man. Yeah. And that was really the year we really sort of started really exploring. And to be fair, I think we were we were pretty late to the game. It's not like Absolutely. Vertigo's a new no, no, thing. No, 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 no. So we're pretty far into that. As I hadn't been reading before that, but that was when I I was like, oh, this is this is this is an art form. This has wings. This doesn't just have to be one thing. Yeah, I mean that was. I mean, I've been reading for at that point eight for eight years. Mm-hmm. You know, non traditional comics, but it wasn't really till then that I really sort of dived into it. Yeah. Um, so that was that was it. So you'll take Sin City, Batman. Dark Knight Returns, and also for you, Jim, Batman Dark Knight Returns? 
Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. you're saying at Hellblazer? I was Josh. too. I was too young to read it, and everyone should be in jail who allowed me to read it. But yeah, yeah but it didn't. Like, here's the thing. This is a, this is a parenting lesson to take. Is that you did it? Didn't, <laughs> it didn't warp you in any. Way. It, it didn't ruin me. No, because you didn't know what it was. It was, it was no. over your head. I think and that's like, why my that's why my kids watch Pulp Fiction every day. Like when I right. saw my little sister JFK, she didn't know what was going on. No, I remember being taken to Beverly Hills Cop at a far too young age. I did too. I, went, I saw it in the theaters, and I was probably <laughs> back when every movie had a strip club. And eighty four, and, and and believe me, that's the only thing I remember about it for years. <laughs> 80, yeah, eighty four. I also had the, we also owned the VHS, so I watched it a lot. Yeah, good. Okay, let's do another email. Let's get one of those out before we run out of time here. Adrian from Australia writes in, and uh, over the last year. The bad behavior and, for me at least, abhorrent social values of some of the writers in the comics industry has been highlighted. While most of the time I can separate the actions of the writer and the stories they tell, some of it has been bad enough to make me drop books that I've enjoyed or not pick them up in the first place. I'm not asking you to name names. You really want me to, though. But have you ever faced this problem yourself? Now, this is the, this is the, the, the Ben Seaver question that comes up every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to explain that for those of you. Who I can't are believe you did that. younger than thirty? <laughs> it's gonna be pretty old to get the Ben Seaver, the, uh, the Ben Seaver Brad Pitt. Uh, yeah, I'll Brad be Pitt. dead soon. Brad Pitt, oh, uh, uh, conundrum. Uh, I, but I, I like this question because the answer is an evolving one for me. Well, over all the, the answer is also going to be different for every single person. Exactly, and, and for every person that that person is is judging, uh, there have been. Rumors, I guess, is really the best way to go. That have that have surfaced about about some comic writers and artists and things over the years. Things come out because uh, there is a Rich Johnston, and uh, and editors. I think of all sorts of stories, and some of them are true, and some of them aren't, and some of them we'll never know. And you wonder if they are a thing that affects your ability to read. And my answer is sometimes. Okay. The I'm, end. Well, <laughs> next question. There's, I mean, I've met people I don't like, yeah. but I read their work. Yeah. I don't... I've had people corner – like there's an artist who is one of my favorites who I, he never introduced himself to me, but he cornered me and Allie at uh, C2E2 one year at the bar and talked to us until I thought I was going to have to fake my own death. <laughs> Uh, and, and when he that's left, a, that's was, actually happened to me so many times. Yeah, and and he leaves, and I'm like, Allie, who was that elderly moron? And she Alex was like, Ross. Oh, it, right. She's, oh, he's your favorite person ever. And oh, that's okay, that's good. But so yeah, I mean, you've Connor, been through it probably tenfold. What Connor, I have, Connor sicked one of my favorite artists of all time on me, and I had the most awkward hour of my life <laughs> in a oh, bar. I did, I did. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. The next day, he saw me in the hallway, and he just goes, ah, "I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I, like I, again, I'm. This is totally not a name, but it, like this is somebody whose work I have talked about to you people for years. I had a great about conversation what a with him. I did too, but uh, it anyway, went on for a while. The point of uh, getting back to the email, uh, yeah. N- no, mostly <laughs> I, I because. Like, all right, that, if I'm, if I'm going to stop reading comics, then I'm going to have to stop watching every movie, every TV show, listening to every, it's a good every, point. P- every song ever written, going to museums and seeing but, Picassos. And because almost every creative endeavor that you enjoy, is, there's a jerk behind it. Was the John Lennon. Yeah, and the thing is, and even, I mean, like, the stuff that's come out, it's not like, 
it's there's no there have been no crimes. If if a comic creator murdered or raped someone, that would be a different story. But then again, I like watching Chinatown, and I like watching O.J. Simpson and yeah. the Naked Gun. So you probably liked uh, Annie Hall at one point. Well, that's that's a little muddy, yeah. but um, you know, what, where's the line drawn? I like watching Jack Nicholson. Well, th- th- I think that's where sometimes comes in because sometimes it can it can color it for whatever reason, or it can get you going forward. Like I. Yeah, I can use this as an example. Uh, Ender's Game was is one of my favorite books, one of my favorite oh, series yeah. of books. I have read eight, nine or the, of those. I've read a bunch. I can't read them anymore. I, I won't go to the yeah, movie. That's what everyone's line, everyone's lines are different. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, because because I, I don't want to support that. There's been a you know there's been a recent story about one writer, and it's it's totally soured me on the work. I can't explain why. Yeah. But oh no, I get it. Yeah, and I mean, my advice to you as the writer of the email is this. You, what you need to do is quit the podcast that you've been working on so that you don't have to read any of the news anymore. <laughs> and then uh, you find a big pit of sand and you just take your head and you just squish it right in there. Mm-hmm. Just right all the way in there. There, there really then, is something to not reading about any of these <laughs> Yes. I, the day that I unfollowed everyone except Ryan Stegman on, on Twitter was one of the best days of my life, honestly, because it has changed everything. Like, Josh, you you and uh, Aubrey Sitterson were having a conversation about liberal people demonstrating their liberalness on about comics yeah. on Twitter. I was like, I have no idea what they're talking about. This is glorious. I actually, I actually didn't either. <laughs> okay. I've seen it so often that that's I was like, fine. I understand. The- <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I understand yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, you but, just. Uh, I mean, everyone's lines different. Everyone's things different. And to me, my like, why would you deny yourself entertainment? I don't know. I, I think the the real thing is just it's a very complicated. There's no clear cut answer. It's not black and white. You know. No. I, that, I uh, that's yeah. A crime. Yeah. What's we that? keep getting Fear Agent Library Edition 2 pushback. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Anyway. There you go. So, uh, you know, if it makes you uncomfortable you're not, and, it, and it colors your thing, then you shouldn't probably read it. But then, you know, where does that end? That's my question. Where does, where does it end? Right. You know, I can guarantee you way worse things happen in behind the scenes of the things you watch on TV and movies. Way worse. Oh, God. I've never <laughs> watched an episode of The Sopranos. Yeah. I mean, I'm reading it. I'm, I'm almost done with that Beatles book, and it doesn't make me love the music any less. That's no. right. So if you have an email, email us at contact at fanboy.com and call our voicemail line at 888-FANBOYS-326-2697 uh, to leave a voicemail. Tell us your name and where you're from. Keep it to 30 seconds. This is normally the part when, when Paul just talks about all the other interesting things he's doing. <laughs> Made him too busy to do the show this week, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'll try to fill in. Uh, there will be a Toxplode from me coming up by the way jim originator of the talks blood right there he gets no royalties but oh that's do, right yeah neither do we so it's fine <laughs> i will be talking to joe mulvey and charles soul who we've been talking about um hey. we're gonna talk about uh we're gonna talk a little bit about how you do seven, seven ongoing <laughs> series and uh and a, a I his clients are satisfied with his level of attention <laughs> right. i know he has he he has a family he's got a daughter he's, he's married i mean it's He's got a real life. Dude well, he, jogs regularly. He just posted a very popular blog about how he time yeah. manages. That's, that's and I found it really interesting. And I've talked to him about this uh, for a while. Actually, I think the last talk split I had with him was was, was a year ago. And then Joe Mulvey is the uh, creator of a, of a book called Scam, uh, working with Comics Tribe. And he is working. This is going to be vaguely self-serving. Uh, he's putting out an anthology called The Scamthology. Uh, I have a story in that. So I'm actually going to be talking with other comic creators as a comic creator myself. 
because I've got a story in there. And um, but we're not. I'm not gonna. It's not a whole shill fest. That's just how it's connected. Are you talk about it, your e novel as well. My e novel. Yeah, <laughs> I got. I got. I got. I got seven bucks from Germany last year. One of my favorite purchases in years. There you so, go. Paul, do we talk about Paul's Paul's books blowed? Are we on? Yeah, and yet? Paul will be having uh, a books blowed on Akira. By Katsuhiro Otomo, I believe Scotty Young will be guesting on that um, in the near future as well. Um, so look out for that. Uh, if, if I'm you, I'm going to go out and get the Akira uh, books and read. Oh, they're great. The they're great books. So they're great books. I don't, we never talk about them. I haven't read it for a really long time, but they're great, great I've read books. Akira probably since since early high school. Yeah, I read it. I, I read it some point. In but my I 20s. can still picture sequences in my head. That's how great yeah. that book was. Yeah. Speed lines, man. Yeah. Speed lines. Head over so, to fanboy.com. Uh, yeah, look for those shows. Head over to fanboy.com. You'll find those shows there. When they come out, you'll find this show. You can go there, comment on the, the, what we said in this show, and also tell us what you thought of this week's books. And you can find all of our other shows there going back. I just went through the last week and looked at a bunch of our old stuff. It's all still there. You can still <laughs> find it. If you've never seen the old video shows, they're still there. The old live fanboy minis are all still there. You can see us. A good thirty pounds lighter. <laughs> That's right. Collectively, I was recently no. I was recently talking to someone about the history of Ant Man, and uh, when I Googled it, the first thing I found was "What's wrong with you?" The Hank Pym problem, oh, which uh, was a comment fest I had not thought about in a long, long time. Now, Josh, collectively, we're probably down a person, or up. Oh person. yeah, a small person, but yeah. a person nonetheless. I saw an old mini of me wearing a T-shirt I cannot wear anymore. I was like, oh, I got really sad <laughs> for a long time. Follow us, and if you go to twitter.com slash ifanboy or facebook.com slash ifanboy, you can follow us there and you can learn what the pick of the week is and uh, find out when the shows come out. Jimmy, you want to handle the next bit? Uh, what is the next bit? Maybe I put my but, script down. But, You're not my email? judge. You can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at 1-888-FANBOYS, which is 1-888-326-2697 with any questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics, manifestos, recipes, etc. Awesome. And if you like us, uh, you can uh, leave a review in iTunes for any of our shows because I, we, we got to be up there now. I, I really want that number to be stupid. <laughs> I really I like the idea. I mean, who's going to argue with a thousand reviews where you average five stars? Right. That's pretty good. And I, I want the you know I'm I'm mega maniacal enough. I want to well, <laughs> that's what losers do. <laughs> oh. They lost. They quit. They can't. They can't say anything. Oh, we started another show. It's a thousand reviews averaging five stars. You can't you can't juke those stats. That's what I'm saying. But even better than that, uh, go and do that. Just if, if there's a show you liked or or you, you want to pass a link around or tell other people about the podcast uh, on your various social networks or something something you really liked, um, we always appreciate that. Uh, it really helps. And uh, we thank everybody who, who shares what we do. Look forward, my Facebook friends, to getting a link to this. Even oh. if you've never read comics in your life this week. Well, that'll be exciting it, for everyone. It'll say, I am still relevant. Link. Etc. It's basically all that Facebook is. <laughs> I exist. Yeah, that's fine. Validate me. Well, thank you, Jim, for coming on. As Paul does whatever he's doing mysteriously. It is my pleasure anytime. Pennsylvania. But uh, thanks for coming on, and thank you for listening, everyone. And until next week, I'm Connor. I am Jim. I am Joshua. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Very important. It sounded biblical there, didn't I? Yeah, that's Christ's real name, you know. No shit. Yeah. Bye. I went down Virginia Seeking shelter 